0: While on the road for the past few weeks, I've been missing my own bed and the deep sleep it helps to give me, my husband, and our baby. That's because our bed at home is dressed in the coziest bedding that only gets softer with time, bedding made by Parachute. Creating positive impact with everything I do and buy is super important to me. Parachute's products are designed in Venice Beach and responsibly manufactured in Europe by fairly paid employees. The fabrics are 100% natural, made without any use of harmful chemicals or synthetic softeners, with timeless designs inspired by Venice Beach natural color palette. Parachute also donates thousands of life-saving bed nets to communities in critical need with United Nations Foundation Nothing But Nets. Go check it out. Visit parachutehome.com slash yogagirl for free shipping and return. No need to worry about what happens to your return bedding. All returns are donated straight to Habitat for Humanity. See what I mean? It's impossible not to be in love with Parachute. Sleep is important for all of us. Create a beautiful bedroom space for the sweetest of dreams with Parachute and help others around the world sleep sweetly as well. Visit ParachuteHome.com slash girl for free shipping and returns. You have sixty nights to fall in love, or you can send it back no questions asked. Go to Parachute Home dot com slash yoga girl today. Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. This week I have a very special guest on the show and I'm for the first time inviting a guest to join me from afar. I recorded this episode on the go in the midst of some really crazy traveling while recovering from a cold and while juggling a baby that's refusing to sleep. Please bear with me if the sound quality isn't exactly what you're used to. As with everything, I did my very best. Stay tuned for one of the most amazing conversations i recorded so far with a guest that's remarkable, both in the way he lives his life and how he sets an example for others. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today, I have a super cool human being on um, the show, my good friend Waylon Lewis. Chances are you know him already. In case you don't, Waylon is the founder of ElephantJournal.com that has over 11 million readers per month. He's a published author, a talk show host, meditation teacher, public speaker, and hardcore environmentalist. He's been named number one on Twitter in the US for green content twice. Lives in Boulder, bikes every day of the year, and shares his home with his dog, Redford, Ringo's longtime quasi-boyfriend. Welcome to the show, Waylon.
1: Thank you very much.
0: How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm in uh, Boulder, Colorado, as you mentioned, and it's um, very hot today. It's about 90 degrees, and and I'm wearing a a polyester cowboy shirt, which turned (laughs) turned out to be a dumb choice.
0: And a cowboy hat. And a cowboy hat,
1: but that actually is practical in the sunshine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Boulder hot and sunny, actually. Yeah,
1: Bol- Boulder gets uh, uncomfortably hot about two months of the year. And speaking of the environment, when I was a kid, even five years ago, it would rain almost every afternoon for most of the summer. And we haven't had rain for a month now.
0: Wow, that's, yeah. that's odd. Do you remember the last time, the last time we hung out?
1: Uh, I remember it every day. I write about (laughs) it in my journal. I write (laughs) poetry about it,
0: about how much you miss me.
1: Yeah, no, I do. And Dennis and I've never met. I want to be uncle way or at least one of the thousands of uncles and aunties you have but uh, to your new child. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, But the last time we hung out, uh, it's been a long time. Was it your wedding? No,
0: no, no. We were it was, I think, snowstorm. Boulder, mm-hmm. you were biking in the snow we had our friends josh and lindsay there and we came mm-hmm. to to visit do you remember that
1: yeah when you came to my house
0: yes and then and ringo yeah we went we went for beer somewhere and ringo tried to hump redford
1: yeah he talks wow. about
0: him every day
1: yeah redford didn't mind he tried to play hard to get but
0: <laughs> ringo only humps boys i don't, don't know what the, what's, what's up yeah. with that redford's Random. kind
1: of an equal opportunity
0: humper <laughs> Whatever's there but I'm so excited to have you on the on the show. You're actually one of my, uh, you've been a requested guest. Oh, Which wow. is super fun, yeah. I think there's yeah. some people in the community that know that we kind of know each other a little bit. Um, there's Whoa. people that have followed me since way back when, uh, when I used to write for Elephant Journal. And they yeah. requested, you know, actually,
1: For fans of Rachel, um, there's articles by you on elephant journal from before you were yoga girl like way way
0: back. way way back yeah, yeah. i yeah. i remember this so and it wasn't even that long ago i was uh, uh a friend of mine just got published you published one of her one of her articles on elephant and she wrote me and she was elated freaking out i cannot believe it you know and then i remembered oh, wow i had that exact experience um oh years back and i was writing kind of on my own i had like a little blog thing going on and i wrote i wrote let's see it was called um dear ocean i love you was the first thing i ever wrote and i submitted it to elephant journal like never believing ever that i would be published ever 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 and then you did and it blew my mind
1: well i'd love to say that we recognized that something special (laughs) in you and and played a large role in your uh, success um in making all this yoga and mindfulness stuff accessible to millions, but uh we played almost no role.
0: Um, I don't know about that. A lot a lot of people read those early yeah. early articles. Those early we still
1: share stuff. them. We still share them. They're good stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so can you tell us? I mean uh, I'm kind of assuming everybody knows Elephant Journal, but in case some of our listeners don't, yep. um what's what's elephantjournal.com?
1: So uh we've been around for 14 years we started off as a print magazine called yoga in the rockies as in rocky mountains and um we went national i changed the name to elephant because i didn't want to be about yoga i wanted to be about everything yoga people cared about which is anything family adventure food mindfulness um, politics in hopefully a non-partisan but value driven way uh environmental responsibility in a fun way so I changed the name to elephant partially in honor of ganesh um and also just mainly in honor of elephants who are vegan and matriarchal and deeply feeling and um, symptomatic of our man's relationship to uh animal kind and i say man because largely uh, our destruction of the planet is still a patriarchal uh, kind of driven thing and uh, elephants can't survive they need to billions of acres to be able to roam unless we're relating to our planet and our own um, existence in a harmonious way. So then we went Nationalism Magazine, we put Equal Rights Gay um, Marriage on the cover back before it was cool, before um, When
0: was this? What year was, was this?
1: I don't remember the year, but it got a fair amount of press and actually Whole Foods didn't want to carry the issue, not because they were um, against the issue, but because it was so controversial. Mainstream magazines at the time weren't putting, Gay sexuality on the cover. It was more of a a niche issue and um, it was it was a very proud moment for us because we um, We were known as a yoga mindfulness, you know uh, kind of The whole yoga demographic thing which can be very selfish in a way it can be very much like I want my juice my $12 juice and I want my cute yoga pants and Um, I'm in a rush driving my Lexus while being on the phone to yoga class, get out of my way kind of culture. And, um, you know, that was never our mission. Our mission is to cover anything that's good for the planet and good for us and good for others and have fun doing so. And you're such a good example of that. Um, It may sound brown nosy to say it on your podcast, but, you know, you're one of my heroes. I have many heroes. I actually had a dream about Robert Redford and Pema Chodron last night, which was so funny. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, well, I was interviewing both of them, but I couldn't get them in the same room. Uh, It was a classic Wayland dream. But, um, you know, anyone who can extend some sense of mindfulness and being responsible with some sense of joy and wackiness and caring um, outside of the choir and make it accessible is my hero. So keep it up.
0: Thank you. I love love hearing that. But because you were a print magazine first, how long ago was this?
1: That was now nine years ago. So then I went online, and um, I what was the
0: lo- decision there to yeah to not do print anymore. You're Does a good interviewer.
1: I'm so bad at actually <laughs> answering a <the> question. So, <laughs> um, so the bigger we got, we went national and even international to a small extent as a print magazine. We were on eco paper, and everything was great. great and people thought I was cool, and I was making enough money to pay my rent, which was a big accomplishment in my disorganized life. And um, uh, we had a deal to go into Barnes and Noble and Borders at the time and all these big chains and really begin to reach beyond the choir, which was part of our mission. And um, to go into those big chains, they throw away about seven out of 10 magazines after getting shipped six times around the globe. Most magazines are printed in China and shipped uh magazines are one of the most destructive environmental things we can um, Is this
0: is this still the case cuz I, I imagine print magazines have have gone way down in circulation since I mean yeah. compared to 10 years ago.
1: Well we do you all know anything love, about
0: that.
1: Yeah, I do. We all love books and magazines, so I don't want to um discourage people exactly, but support magazines and books that are eco. So I printed a book Um, and it's plastic free and it's made with from a managed forest where wildlife can exist and jobs are solid. It's union run. Um, So, you know, find magazines that you that are environmentally responsible and just know that they're still not good for the environment generally because they're being shipped around so much. And then when they get recycled, you have to pull the toxic inks out. The inks are not good for children, particularly. And then the paper degrades and is used for toilet paper or whatever.
0: Wow, I remember you wrote you wrote about this. I think I think Instagram when you, when you released your book and it occurred to me for the first time ever. Uh, this I I didn't think about this at all. I mean, I published a book. It didn't even. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. There's another way of 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 doing this.
1: Well, to so be I, fair, I didn't think about it until I started talking with publishers because I have a pretty good platform and I wanted to publish my book and get a nice advance and book tour around and everything would be easy. Er and um it's then that i realized that every book that we buy is coated in plastic and therefore never recyclable truly and never compostable and it, compostable sounds funny with a book but compostable just means that it will degrade and literally when i went about printing my book the printer said you realize so then i decided to print it myself and when i went to the printer they said you realize this book is going to fall apart right and i Eventually. said yeah. And I said, well, when do you mean within a couple years? Because that's not good. And they said, no, like with heavy use, consistent use, maybe in 50 years. And that's like, what? every. And you're like, I'm OK with that. Books, everything should fall apart. We don't want our food to be like McDonald's. It's good 50 years later. We don't want our books to be around um, forever. Things can fall apart. It's part of life.
0: That reminds me of uh, Paymasha Jones' book, and Things right. Fall Apart. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, the whole fascination with you know plastic is as a one time use that lasts forever and is toxic is is sad and unhealthy. And there's a reason cancer rates went crazy in the uh latter half of the twentieth century. So let's care.
0: Let's care. Speaking about that, how how long have you been a friend of Mother Earth? Was that something that was instilled with you in you since you were really little or
1: later years? Yeah, well, I had a very environmental mom, uh, very sweet, good. You know, she had no money, but she cooked very simple meals and didn't buy like I never had pizza or soda or anything that, you know, pigs in the blanket, anything that my friends had that was fun and cool. Um, we didn't have a car, uh, mostly financially. And uh, yeah, she was an environmentalist, but I have to say that I wasn't. I didn't care. I played baseball. I did skateboarded, I played video games. I did my thing, you know. And uh, it was when I was 13 years old, and I have to give credit to cereal boxes. I was eating some sort of like organic cereal in Vermont where I went to high school. And the back of the cereal boxes had all this information about the environment and the effects of this and that. And I would read them as I was eating cereal. And suddenly, you know, that youthful idealism that is so great in young people um, kind of was awakened and I read this book called 50 Simple Things You Can Do to Save the Planet, which is still available and is one of the best <coughs> books ever. Like all, everyone listening to this should go on whatever. 50 Things I, You
0: Can Do to Save the Planet.
1: Yeah, and just buy like 50 copies and give it to everybody. Um, it's super small, it's super fun, it's super doable. And I became a huge environmentalist like suddenly and did tried to do all 50 things. I lived at this big Buddhist center in Vermont And suddenly I'm meeting with the director about changing the shower heads and you know, and luckily the director was one of those mentors, one of those old people who loved young people and loved troublemaking and loved upsetting the cart and he was like, yeah, go for it. Great. Anything you want to do. I'll pay for it as long as you know, it makes sense. And um, yeah, so it's always been a fun thing and that book makes it fun. I think a lot of times people think of environmentalists as kind of strident and you know right boring whatever. or <clears throat> right and it's a like sacrifice it's like life
0: harder like it's a sacrifice yeah right. something that i i hear more and more often is um what's the point anyway kind of like does it actually make a difference if i choose right. i hear that a lot doesn't make a difference if i recycled this bottle versus you know earth's kind of you know yeah. we're going under anyway how right. do you feel about about that big picture
1: well i think it's easy to be a nihilist in the abstract and say oh i don't care but as you know from your you know saving dogs like anyone who is rescuing a dog would would be able to answer that question and say what's you know what's the point well just look at the dog before and after you know Mm. and it's heartbreaking in a good way and that actually connects with buddhism which is you're supposed to be heartbroken you should be aware of the suffering and the kind of pointlessness of it all on some level but Heartbreak is only half of it. Pamma Children actually has a quote. She says, if the warrior, which is a noble human being who's serving the good of others and enjoying their life, if the warrior can keep the sadness and pain of life in their heart and at the same time, the vision brilliance of the sun rising up in the morning in their mind, then, at the, then they can live a good life. You know? So,
0: I, I, I love that. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Summertime should be all about celebrating sunshine and feeling good, not stressing to slim down for that swimsuit season body. Enjoy your meals for the sake of how they make you feel. Get energized for the longer days and boosted to feel good for the rest of the year with Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes it super easy to cook delicious, seasonal, healthy meals right in your kitchen. Receive organic, non GMO ingredients delivered straight to your door. Do you have specific dietary needs? Sunbasket has you covered. You have options for lean and clean, paleo, gluten free, vegetarian friendly ingredients, plus, of course, specific options like breakfast and family sized meals. Each meal is created by award winning chefs and approved by nutritionists, so you know you'll be receiving top quality products. Sunbasket meals come with healthy, pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow instructions. You and your family are just 30 minutes away from enjoying a nutritious meal together. This summer, cleanse and energize your body and life with Sunbasket. Go to sunbasket.com slash yoga today and get 50% off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash yoga to get 50% off of your first order for healthy, easy-to-prepare meals. sunbasket.com slash yoga. rituals essential for women is usp verified so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body only about one percent of supplement brands on the market have the usp verified mark which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label on top of that ritual multivitamins are vegan non-gmo project verified gluten and major allergen free certified b corp and made traceable right now you made that transition to going from print to online exclusively how was that how has it developed since then because it's a huge site right now yeah 11 million readers that's a lot of people
1: Yeah. yeah and we've reached 23 million uh which was um a lot bigger obviously but uh Yeah. So the transition is kind of a fun story. So when I decided to go online because I felt like one, it was more environmentally responsible Two, it was doable. The technology like YouTube and all these things were just being invented when I went online, Um, Facebook didn't. I don't think really even existed um, or it was just starting. It must have just been starting. Um, Twitter was just starting. I mean, it's funny and this was only nine years ago. How fast things have developed, as Louis CK says. You know, now we love to complain about not having good Wi-Fi in planes when we didn't even have that. Uh, we couldn't even do that a couple of years ago at all. Um, so we should all appreciate, you know, the gifts of technology as well as the dangers. But um, so I went online. I lost my staff. I lost my office, which is coincidentally the house next to where our office is now. And uh, I lost Wait, my car.
0: Know. You, you knew that was going to happen? You know, you knew that that's, that's the sacrifice you were making?
1: Yeah, it was like at a Game of Thrones. It was a moment of like, brace yourselves, winter is coming. I knew it. I knew, it was, I, knew I wouldn't make a dime for three years, basically. And I'm not a trustafarian, sadly. I would be happy to be one, <laughs> driving my yellow Lambo around Miami Beach, but I am not, sadly. So, um, you know, I gave my car away because I basically didn't um, drive anyway. And sadly, I had a house with a mortgage so that went into foreclosure and it was just and my laptop was like half broken and all my windows were in the top left of the screen and i was kind of going blind from squinting and it was an intense time but it was you know and i was eating day-old muffins you know it was the full-on like entrepreneur story except it wasn't romantic this time because i'd already done it once starting the magazine i was 32 this time when i was restarting it online and it was just kind of brutal but it grew and grew and grew and um we never got advertisers as it grew. And so I realized, you know, people said, when you have 100,000 readers a month, you'll have advertisers, you'll be fine. We got to 100,000, it didn't really happen. And I was good at selling ads. I'd sold 100 per issue in the magazine. And so I realized, you know, the online model is kind of broken or it doesn't exist for media. So the point here is I, because I had printed a magazine, I said, I know people will pay for Elephant. We just have to make it easy and really affordable so i made it you can read three articles for free and then after that it's a dollar a month if you want to read more and that really only affects the super loyal avid readers who want to read a ton and overnight our finances stabilized we did that before new york times or anyone did these metered pay gates sadly i didn't have a money for a pr company so we would got no press on it and uh from there on it was a happy uh kind of a happy ending or beginning. And we have tons of ads and tons of subscribers. And um,
0: I, I've, I've been on that since, since that transition, long time. Long time. Dennis asked you, me just the other day, he's like, what is this $1 a month being pulled aww, from something here? Like, aww, yeah, yeah. And now New yeah. York has it. I mean, a bunch of the really big.
1: Well, like 500 papers in the US do it. It's called metered. <clears throat> uh, they have a term for it now, like um, metered um, subscribing or something. Um, And it's great. And I just encourage everyone listening to find some journalism, not partisan journalism, but good journalism that you appreciate and pay for it. It's worth it. And we have to keep it alive in this day and age when media is under threats, you know.
0: And how many writers do you have?
1: So we have thousands and thousands of writers who write once in a while. Um, And then we have probably hundreds who write relatively consistently. And then we pay our most popular and uh, best which is a subjective term writers and best is measured by um are they consistent do they offer quality or are they just blogging about like the top 10 ways your boyfriend is going to love you in mercury retrograde with you know unicorns and malas or something if it's silly stuff we try to support quality stuff and that's hard because facebook is basically this filter where only for some reason only our astrology content our relationship content sometimes sexy content. Only that gets through to Facebook. So people often say, well, why is all do you from- get
0: through?" Is that that what people click on, you mean, the clickables?
1: Right, so there's the algorithm. So Facebook basically will only show Rachel or Dennis what 10 of your friends have looked at or liked or commented on. And that algorithm is getting tighter and tighter all the time. So that's why we've gone down from 23 to 11 million readers, which is still substantial, but a lot smaller because Facebook is squeezing what's called organic reach. And um, so it used to be that I could blog about, say, you know, five things that the yoga community can do to be eco-responsible in a fun way, and thousands of people would read it. Now, if I share that, it better have a photo of, like, Kim Kardashian's butt on it, because otherwise no one's going to click it.
0: That's that's insane. And that's how ads yeah. work these days, too. I mean, we're, I've, I've, you know, you see those really stupid catchphrases, like, yeah, how to get rid of cellulite or celebrities right. doing bullshit things. And that's yeah. somehow yeah. people get there. I mean, that's a, that's a huge challenge and you have a big piece of the platform is on Facebook.
1: Huge. Um, Our newsletter is getting bigger and bigger because we can actually control um, the quality on the newsletter. We can curate and put our best stuff. If you write something about your child, we can put that in there. Um, Whereas on Facebook, again, unless it's a before and after of cellulite or whatever, no one's going to see it. It's heartbreaking and it's not just because people won't click on that stuff we're good at getting people to click on quality content is because the algorithm is getting tighter and tighter never in the history exactly Mm never never in the history of media has one corporation uh controlled the flow of 75 percent of media
0: where is that going to take us though
1: It's kind of up to Mark Zuckerberg, frankly, and, um, you know, it's up to the very few sites like Pinterest and uh, Elephant this year is releasing our ecosystem. So we're turning from a uh, journalism media company into a social media company. So we're going to have an internal social media kind of like Kickstarter or Threadless or Reddit, Um, because basically if you if you're trying to. If your survival is based on a treaty with facebook that's not going to go much better than the native americans and their treaties with the white man in the us uh facebook is not evil by any means but they don't they don't care about elephant they've never emailed us they've never replied they block our pages regularly and um you know it's a challenging world
0: it is it is a challenging world yeah, I'm wondering in 10 years from now, where, where will it be? Because it's, I mean, all of it in the media now, fake news left and right. right. Like what are you actually, yeah, what's the truth and what you're, what you're reading about?
1: Well, the cool thing, and this is again, why I respect you and, and some others in, in my world is uh, people are with the deluge of those before and after photos and Kim Kardashian and um, fake news, people are hungry and starving. And thirsty for genuineness. And my favorite posts of yours are weirdly the ones where you're like upset and you're ranting about something or you're heartbroken. Cause it's like your your realness and rawness comes through a hundred percent. And I still know that you're there. You know, there's so many good people in the yoga industry, and just calling it an industry says everything in every area of what elephant covers, who have sold out to some extent. And I know that's a strong term. They're still good people, but they're they're honest until it's inconvenient to their sponsors.
0: Right. I mean, those are my, I realize that now since having a baby, being a mom, uh, I feel almost no real joy when I share something that if it isn't, it has to be totally elating. Like I'm so happy about something that I just, I can't keep it to myself or it's the complete opposite. Whereas like, okay, I'm super pissed at something or right. depressed or sad because that's it's, a good point right. it's genuine emotion all the in between it's just right. kind of filling in the spaces between the real content you know and i can see it in the community too like that's what people resonate with because right. it's you know oh i feel the same you know or yeah. how do you get through something how to overcome adversity like that's where and that's where the yoga comes in too you know it's not mm. so much about yeah Five ways awesome. to improve right. your handstand or 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 whatever, which is where I started, which is which is funny. Right. But I had this conversation yesterday with, with my my husband. Right. I I just colored my hair yesterday. Big news. Like who, uh-huh. who cares? Uh and I got a hundred thousand likes. Like right. I went from blonde to brown. And my husband is like, cannot, he's like, I cannot understand. Like this is pretty much the same as we announce, like a pregnancy or like something right. huge happens. And then uh, right. and it's such a surface thing, but somehow it's hmm. it's easily, easily connectable if it's surface to So I mean, you have to merge the right. two somehow
1: or well, exactly. There's nothing wrong with the surface. Um, it's a gateway to, um, you know, living a life mindfully. And that's what I think you, I, I, talk about you. We have the elephant Academy where we train people in mindful use of social media and mindful writing. And I use you as an example frequently, um, apologies or thank you. Uh, because I say, uh, you know, Rachel, particularly in the beginning, you you know, it was all like bikini handstands and it was super accessible, but then you read the caption and the caption is always has some like genuine meaning in it, even if it was just fun. Like I think you made a good point. It doesn't have to be upset. It can be fun or it can be, but it was genuine. And I think that's what catapult to do to fame was being accessible, but then you hooked people and grounded people in some actual content and message, and you become a reflection for how to live a life for them. And you have a genuine connection with your fans, not just being famous. Like, you you know, they, like you just said, they find something in common. They can relate to your grief or your joy or your success or your frustrations because they have the same or similar experiences in their life. And that's I hope that's uh, not offensive. Any of that, but I like when I read Jack Kerouac when I was eighteen, and he talked about being brokenhearted with some girl in town in the city, which is a great novel no one ever reads. Um, I had this profound moment of being like, "Oh, other people actually experience what I've been through," because I had my first love and I had been like together and breaking up for like three years at that point. And it's such a dumb thing to relate when I'm I'm forty two point nine now. And, um, but at the time it was a profound moment to realize, well, other human beings feel what I feel. And that's how we create peace on earth. When we realize like people in Iran or Iraq or Syria are are the same as we are fundamentally, then it's harder to make war on other, right? Or African-Americans or, you you know, LGBTQ, whatever, Whatever we think is other, or even Trump fans, whoever we think is the enemy or is other, we find empathy in.
0: But why is it so hard to convey? You know? I feel like these days it's it's these two extremes. It's kind of either it's this super unity connection, you know, yeah. everything makes sense, or it's the absolute opposite contrast to that. Yeah. Which is why I think some people feel, or sometimes I think everybody feels like are we are we moving in a in a good direction? Like is everything really gonna turn the shit?
1: Yeah, it is. If we continue in the direction we're going, we will not only go through it. I just did a little talk in the graveyard above my house. There's a historic graveyard and there's half the graves are Civil War graves. And it's hard to remember for Americans, but not that long ago, we actually went to war with each other and killed. You know, it was still the most costly war um, in our history to American lives and brothers were killing brothers. I mean, it was as intimate as it gets. And for much of the 20th century, we had something which we can't overlook. The Founding Fathers, and I don't mean to be America-centric, this applies to everybody. The Founding Fathers said, literally our first amendment is free press, the free press. Um, Without the fourth estate, the watchdog journalism, we holding journalists, holding government and corporations, any kind of power accountable and honest. We can't function as a society. Thomas Jefferson said that. And um, so I really encourage everyone listening, don't subscribe to partisan media, whether it's right or left or up or down, don't do it. Even if it's partisan media, like so many of my friends love Amy Goodman and Democracy Now, and I've interviewed her, I respect her, they do some great journalism, but there is a, a real point of view there. And that's fine to listen to and even subscribe to. I'm not telling you what to do, but support journalism, which is really just truth. It'll criticize Obama, it'll criticize Trump, it'll compliment Obama, it'll compliment Trump. Not equally, it'll be based on the facts, right?
0: And I mean, it's so true because so much of the the media that we ingest, we get through Facebook, you know? So even if, if I mean, you can be kind of on the on the Trump side or on the opposite side, whatever, but you might think that the media you're ingesting is um, objective, but it's actually right. not really. So, yeah, it's that. That's why I find it so hard to. It's so hard for these two sides to actually communicate because there's no, yeah. um, there's no in between anymore.
1: Exactly. The there, there's so little respect for moderates. I consider myself a moderate. My father's Republican. My mom's liberal. Overall, I'm certainly liberal because they believe in climate change. They respect science. They believe in equal rights for all but i see a lot of i don't vilify republicans especially moderate republicans and i think the uh, far right republicans have very little to do with the republican party historically and and the extremists on the left are just the same i was a bernie sanders supporter but the second bernie sanders said hey i lost let's support hillary bernie's uh, fans vilified bernie and said he had sold out it's like they're if bernie had won and been president bernie People would have vilified him within the first week because he was compromising like no one is ever going to be perfect obama was perfect in 2007 by 2008 obama was a sellout and a disappointment to everybody so we have to realize like human beings you know you could have president yoga girl or prime minister yoga girl and you would disappoint of course 50 of everyone every week and um you know, that would be pretty good. If you had 50 percent approval, that would be pretty high, at least for U.S. politics. So we just have to kind of chill out, do a little yoga, but jump I mean, in the pool.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard, know? though. I mean, when you sit in the reality of um, and I have a really hard time communicating this, even on my platforms as a fairly. If I mention anything about you know U.S. politics, yeah. the first thing people say, shut the fuck up, you're not even American. Like this does not <laughs> apply to me. What happens? What happens globally? I can even right now. We are uh, one of our organizations just did a mission trip in Greece where we supported a, a really big refugee camp that's wow. filled with children that have escaped Syria, that have escaped, you know, death, famine, war, like horrible, horrible, um, things. And we went there to, to support these kids. And we actually got, yeah, sure, yeah. we actually got negative comments people saying oh, yeah. i can't believe you're you know in support of this immigration you're in support of this um, you know immigrants right. coming into these other countries where they don't belong uh, and you look at what we're doing we're helping kids like you know put food on the table every day uh, well, how, you should how know, can you ju- against this i i just i can't yeah. connect these dots well
1: you well you should, there is no connection to be made there you should know that republicans and democrats good americans um recognize that those are un-american sentiments those comments and that america is a nation of immigrants for better and worse we've been we were prejudiced against the irish when they came in we were prejudiced against the germans when they came in we're prejudiced against the danish we were consistently prejudiced against every wave of immigrants we've ever had and then they assimilate in the big melting pot or there's a different term now that's a little more uh proper but you know the the america is built on different you know diversity uh all coming together around a common values and we are full of faults and we've failed that consistently but our values and our vision is ellis island is open is the statue of liberty that's why we use the statue of liberty emoji in half of our political posts because she represents uh, a vision of america that isn't nationalism isn't like usa usa which i hate that chant (laughs) that is not american (laughs)
0: You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. When I began my Yoga Girl Instagram account, I decided to remain authentic in everything that I shared. It's how I've always been, and it's what I've come to find our world needs a little bit more of. Authenticity is something I always valued above everything else, and something that I love about Honest Tea. For almost 20 years, Honest Tea, the maker of United States' top-selling organic bottled teas and kids' juices, has committed to being transparent and authentic through its organic and fair trade certified products. From the way the ingredients are presented to the efforts to make the world a better place, you can taste the Honest difference. These refreshingly honest products has spurred a refreshingly honest project. It's a sharing of our truth in exchange for that aha moment when we realize everyone else is just like us, perfectly imperfect. I'm joining Honesty in celebrating the lighthearted ways we're perfectly imperfect through their refreshingly honest project. Parenting is not easy, and when I look back at my first four months as a mom, the moments that really stick out are the comical ones. For instance, dressing our baby girl up in the cutest, fanciest dress she's ever worn for a friend's wedding, only to have her poop so loudly and all over it mid-ceremony that the entire wedding party and the minister actually turned around to look we changed out of that dress fast and she rocked a really cute onesie for the rest of the night are you refreshingly honest as well share the fun and funny ways that you're perfectly imperfect and tag it with hashtag refreshingly honest want more honesty you can learn more by visiting honesty.com slash podcasts me being Swedish, and uh, at least ha- half of our podcast listeners are in the U.S., half are you know, Sweden, U.K., Germany, Australia, kind of all, all over the place. Um, yeah. That USA, that's kind of how how you portray yourselves from the outside as a, as a state. Well, a the, the, bit, loud, you know,
1: the loud people the are Americans heard yeah. first. But, um, you know, Donald Trump avoided serving in the military six times because of flat feet um, or or bone spurs on his feet right, or something. Right, right. So it's always the loudest, most macho people who, you, you know, you poke them in the tummy and they cry.
0: Because I was wondering um, the one time or I say maybe two or three times that I ever posted anything Trump related ever. Um, the first time I ever did it, I, I was so in this space of, um, of course you wouldn't support Right. That was just where I, where I, where I came from. Of course not. Of course, um, you know, if I got to vote, I would have voted Bernie for sure. Um, but of course, you know, you know, climate change, equal rights, like basic, basic stuff. Um, And then I shared that and I got it was one of the most uh, one of the most commented posts I ever shared. I've never received that much hate up until I, mm-hmm. I, I got into the vaccine vaccination debate um, a month ago. But literally, and I had so many women, um, old and young, kind of all ages that that supported Trump. And I genuinely couldn't um, I couldn't connect because I didn't know enough from that side. So what I did is I did. I started a little um, a little debate through Snapchat to find out, OK, if you're voting for Trump, like no hate, no judgment. I just really want to learn um, what's this founded in? I want to learn from this side because clearly, like, they do yoga. They're, like, you know, a normal person yep. just like you and me. Yep. Um, and what I found just from that little, little Snapchat poll that I pulled was uh, most of the women, at least that responded to me then, were pro-life versus pro-choice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that that was a huge um, point in why they wouldn't vote. vote for Hillary. So they would rather vote sure. for Trump with all this, you know, everything right. that that came with um, because of that. yeah. And I'm still. Well,
1: yeah, it's a wedge issue. It's a it's a fake issue. This is what the the, you know, partisan politics on the left and right are so good at. Under Democratic uh, administrations, the abortion rate has consistently plunged. It's decreased because if you offer free contraception and sex ed, people unwanted pregnancies, um, and therefore. Uh, abortions are reduced in number. So everyone, I did a video on this that was titled everyone is against abortion, something like that. Mm -hmm. I am pro choice. I am pro women being able to determine what is right for them. But at the same time, I understand that, you know, fetuses and babies, this is a painful issue for, for people. And, um, you know, it's painful for those who go through abortions. My mother went through one and it was heartbreaking for her um so you know we can all come together this is where that moderate thing and the media that actually reflects facts and and truth not partisan opinions it gets lost and my only tip to you if i may be so bold is because we talk about politics all the time and we get tons of hate um is to follow up those posts don't stop doing it but follow up and say this is why i talk about politics not because i'm liberal but because i care about i may be liberal but because i care about these values equal rights for all, marriage rights, you know, environmental responsibility. Republicans care about the environment. Up in the mountains here, we've lost hundreds of thousands of pine trees in the last five years because the pine beetle no longer freezes in the winter because of climate change. And it's 90% Republicans up in the mountains. They're losing all their trees. They're not happy about that. Uh, you go into any like old school, like Colorado bar. Up in the mountains, and they got be- big, beautiful mountains of moose running around Yosemite or whatever. You know, everyone wants blue sky and green grass for their grandchildren. No one wants toxic poisons in the water, right? Only no, corporations.
0: Only corporations, right? But then, when you have, you know, the president of the United States tweeting that it's glo- you know, climate change is a, is a hoax perpetrated by yeah. the Chinese, then, then yeah. what do you do? How how do you how do you counter that because that's kind of a big deal to go from Obama well, to to, right. to this?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I knew the answer to that, I would probably be running for governor right now. But um, you know, we have we much of America is ashamed and scared right now. Not just the liberals. A great deal. I think seventy two percent of Americans disapprove of Donald Trump's performance as president so far. I think a lot of people hoped that he would come in. Support their wedge issues like abortion um, or pro life, and uh, you know not mess anything up. But uh, he's he's an embarrassment, and I don't say that as a liberal. I you know um, I would vote for Eisenhower tomorrow. President Nixon, who obviously resigned uh, and was kind of a disaster, he created the EPA. He created the Clean uh, Air Water Act um you know we have a long history of republicans and democrats being able to work together and donald trump is something else he's a media machine driven by twitter driven by hate driven by unspoken but almost spoken racism um he's a predator i mean it's it's there's I mean, no I mean,
0: um, it touches on uh, what we spoke about in the beginning the the buddhist um you know core idea of suffering of entering this. Yeah this painful state or confusion as a, as a catalyst for, for change, right. To use it. And, but I mean, there's so many people, not just in the U.S. I mean, there's this political climate of the world right now is, is, is a mess. And I think it's, it's a peak.
1: But Um, there's so much good too. Like seeing Macron, when in France, that guy and him shaking hands with Trump and not letting go, that was such a good moment or Trudeau with his socks. And, you know, there's, um, and Angela Merkel, I mean there's so, ma- there's so many good signs too, and I think the worst the thing that bums me out more than Trump, if anything, is that so many people refuse to vote for Hillary because of these, this partisan politics and vilifying her. Uh, when maybe she was a wildly imperfect candidate and tons you can criticize, but on basic issues, equal rights, economy, nuclear weapons, she's sane. And we need sanity and leadership. Uh, how would
0: you sorry i cut you off no No, we need sanity and
1: trump is not trump's fault trump is our fault Mm -hmm. we allowed him to win
0: for young people i mean listening right now or young people just all people um, that might be feeling very very confused right now or maybe just sad and, and a little bit hopeless you know like where where are we where is this going how how can we take action how can you actually? as an individual yeah. human being you know that cares about the planet, exactly. that cares about basic human rights, what, what can I do as just one person?
1: Exactly. I mean, in Zen, they say, in Zen Buddhism, they say the question is the answer. So anytime anyone asks that question, you just say, exactly, what can you do? Because you already know what you can do, and everyone listening knows what they can do. You're just not doing it because you're subscribed to Netflix and you're watching Friends even though you don't really like the series because you're burned out at the end of the day. We're all burned out, we're all speedy. But a lot of burnout, so this is Buddhism straight up, a lot of burnout comes from being speedy and being busy all the time. A lot of us are legitimately busy. We have a baby, we have a husband, we have a business, we have this and that. But in the gaps when you're walking or you're driving or you're you know, sitting in a waiting room or your friend goes to the bathroom in a restaurant and you're left alone at the table, don't take the phone out. Enjoy a moment of space, look around you, connect with human beings, look at the trees. Those little moments allow your brain to function, to, if any of you have a bad memory, it's mainly because you're filling every bit of space all the time. And then your brain can relax into those moments of space. Remember you're alive. The other day I was biking to a cafe to work and, you know, I'm like kind of a Portlandian, joke i'm a vegan cyclist buddhist guy but i'm st- still super busy and caught up in my head i'm literally thinking about some girl and some this and some that and boom the mountains are right there we are gifted with these beautiful mountains in boulder and they woke me up and i said i literally looked up and was like oh i'm bicycling i didn't even realize it in that moment i was caught up in work and girl and blah, blah, blah being busy you know and and that's no way to live life
0: and that's the reality, I mean, for, for most of us, it, it really is. And I think that's why I mean, that's why yoga has become so popular. But then it's the act of, okay, I'm going to yoga class, I might be driving my Lexus, cutting someone off in traffic, whatever, you're, you know, the right. analogy you used earlier. Right. Arriving there, I roll out my mat, I step on my mat, and then, you know, I have to create this space for me to be present. Maybe it's 45 minutes or 60 minutes in the day, and I have to get to my yoga studio for that to happen. What you're explaining now is something that's taking yoga off the map. You know, in my day-to-day life, how can I implement that and actually become a better human being versus just the person who does yoga once in a while?
1: Yeah, and even, I mean, not to um, piss off yoga people, but um, even in yoga, we're filling the space. We have to, you know, most of the classes I go to, the teachers pay more attention to their playlist than they do to adjustments or... Uh, alignment tips, you know. And I wrote a blog on Elephant called "The Future of Yoga," and I de- I defined genuine yoga, which is a very arrogant and dangerous thing to do. So I tried to be pretty careful about it. and Basically, I followed what Richard Freeman teaches, which is yoga is breath, yoga is alignment, yoga is intention to be a benefit that it's not just for us and our butts. Um, although that's fine, it should be for us and our butts and our health, but it also needs to be off the mat, which you're a great example of. And, uh, yoga is meditation. So if we lose those things, yoga can be fun. Obviously yoga can be great exercise. Yoga can be community and it should be, but so many classes, we, we barely talk about breath or alignment or intention, um, anymore. So. I know that's a generalization. There's many great teachers out there, but just an encouragement to remember that if you're not teaching your students alignment, they're going to get injured long term, you know, etc.
0: Oh, definitely. And I mean, there's so many, so many new teachers kind of hitting these studios every single day. I think it's right. a huge challenge for the future of yoga. But also at the same time, you know, whatever whatever gets you to the math. So I I try to share that a lot. You know, if it's, you know, you have a teacher who plays awesome hip hop and you love that and that brings you to the mat, great. Um, Hopefully with enough practice, we arrive at a place where we want more, right?
1: Yeah, it's so easy with what I just said to fall into, again, sort of partisan like uptightness. Like it's not that music is bad, nothing's bad. It's just that there are certain things about yoga that distinguish it from aerobics. With all due respect to aerobics, like yoga actually does have some something special going on that can actually transform not just your body, but your relationship to your own diet and your relationship to your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or or your relationship to your own loneliness if you're alone, you know, or with someone else for that matter.
0: You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Do you manage or own a company? Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find all the best candidates? These days, posting your job in just one or two places is not enough to find quality people. As the owner of multiple businesses, I know just how challenging it is to search for that perfect hire. You need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now with ZipRecruiter, you can. ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on people finding you, but it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Just post once and watch your qualified people find you. Time is precious for a business owner and juggling resume emails and interviews can take a whole day. Instead, quickly screen and organize your people on the easy-to-use dashboard and hire that perfect person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter is used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidate with immediate results. That team member you've been dreaming of is waiting for you. Give it a try. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. One more time, try it for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. We just, uh, well, this year, actually, I'm, I'm doing my very first yoga teacher training wow. and i've been really nervous to to do one and part of that is uh it's been so important for me that you know if, if i'm gonna bring new teachers into the world why what's what's the purpose in that and then and can i actually be that person to guide people into a place of real depth and substance and not just mm. you know do 200 hours of yoga and then go teach something um and i I've, i'm getting a lot of inspiration these days from my mom is a recovering alcoholic she's an aa and they're the kind of the Whole purpose of 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 the steps that you take in AA is to be of service, so I'm trying to for this first teacher training to found it in SEVA in in, in mm-hmm. using your practice to to give back. So um, I, I love the idea of what if everyone who became a yoga teacher knew that okay, I'm I'm a graduated yoga teacher now. How can I better the world? You know, mm-hmm. what can I connect with or connect to to not just teach people how to do a chaturanga or a down dog, but how can I actually make a change? Yeah which is so intricately connected to what we should be doing, but it's so it's easy to, to get really caught up in the day to day of work and girlfriend, boyfriend, baby, all of this stuff. Yep. So I know right now, I mean, you, was it last year, you released your book?
1: Um, yeah, I think it was uh winter. So it was a year and a half ago now, I think yeah.
0: things yeah. I would like to do with you. Yes where was the intention behind the book
1: uh well i started writing it when i was 39 and i always i love kids and i always wanted to get married and have a bunch of kids i thought i'd get married in my late 30s but then obviously elephant took a lot longer and i became a workaholic Um, and i kind of started getting my life together in a way where i could handle having a relationship when i was 39 so i started thinking about who could I possibly commit to for the rest of my life as you've gone through that? I was at your wedding. Um, you know, that's an important consideration to say the least. A lot of people get married out of feeling like, like they want to get married or they want a big wedding or they want to capture and hold that amazing falling in love feeling that you have often in the beginning of a relationship. But uh, f- from the Buddhist point of view, relationships are, uh about a lifelong partnership that is where you you know in christianity sometimes they'll say two flames become one in buddhism those they're basically you're always your own flame you're never you're always alone um and that may sound negative but it's not um i'm sure dennis loves you because you're independent it might drive him nuts sometimes but and i'm sure you love him because he's his own person and he has his own intelligence and perspective and that's a partnership um so the buddhist visualization is actually of service like just like what you were saying with the teacher training that the whole point of the relationship is not that you have a lifelong picnic together like the best picnic by the best creek on the best day if it went on forever would start feeling selfish you'd be like can i go now because i actually want to do other things with my life i'm happy to do them with you and work together but i want to be a benefit i want to have fun i want to be adventurous so the point in buddhism is to be a partner and to um walk down a path maybe holding hands helping one another um be of benefit and and uh, in buddhism they say your partner is the messenger for the entire world to you the only honest messenger because no one else like you and i might be friends but and we're pretty honest about stuff but i don't know you you know one inch as much as dennis knows you've. 10 million miles right i can't really communicate to you about you and your effect on others in the world and when you're upset or confused about something which happens in any life whether you're with someone or not i can't help you with that necessarily i can try but often you know friends have their perspective which is on the outside so anyway so i wrote this book and i just basically i think there's a quote in the very beginning but i uh i just wanted to kind of you know so relationships have evolved so fast from this madman thing where the guy is all powerful and often a jerk and has to make the money and gets bored and has affairs that's the madman cliche and the woman is kind of bored on her end because you know housework is not a life um it's a fine way of life it's a fine thing to do but it's you know you can't compartmentalize human beings exactly um there's some sense of natural hierarchy as they say in buddhism people want to be to flower to be themselves not to be boxed in so I, anyway i just reflected on all of my relationships and um and the buddhist teachings and i it kind of just flowed naturally i went on a great date one night and i was feeling all lovey and i was like what is this because i've done this like a hundred times mm-hmm. if not you know more we all fall in love easily but what there must be something more because falling in love isn't quite enough. So anyway, a book happened and I serialized it on elephant and people, I wrote that first chapter and people flipped out as you know, like people are rarely, I mean, I think people love you way more than me, but people are rarely a hundred percent positive about anything on, on the internet. And it was the first thing I'd put up that people were like over the moon about. And I was like, okay, people want to hear about this sort of, love that includes the notion of loneliness and independence and humor and intimacy and vulnerability. Because you
0: captured that, that moment. I mean, you really, really did. Mm. And that's also the, the beginning phase of a relationship. You know, that, um, the flutter in your step after a first date, the falling in love, because in the falling mm. in love space, you're still very much your own person, you mm. know, and that's, that's the the most beautiful part. And then when, if time goes on, you kind of, if you do merge and you become this one thing, yeah, you, you lose that romance, you lose that independence, you, and then things get boring, and then things get challenging, and then things fall apart. Right. So I think you really, you captured that, that space, that essence of that. I wanted to read um, a quote yeah. from your book, if you'll allow me.
1: And my, Yeah, it's an honor.
0: So it goes like this. I don't want my idea of you. That's too easy. And it isn't real. I want you, faults and all, and I want you to want me, faults and all, not any ideas you have about love, relationships, love. It's a fantasy. It's brick and mortar. It is earth, but it's fantasy, too. It is heaven, dreams, and hormones, and the pleasure in biology and sudden laughter. It is a rub between the two that creates sparks, earth, heaven. It's yes. It gives me goosebumps. Your your writing no. gives me goosebumps. And I can see this whole flock of people, you know. Of course, this had to become a book. This was a book that was supposed to exist.
1: Yeah, it's been a fun journey. It, it was, you know, it's still embarrassing. Like when I do book readings, for some reason, a year and a half into it, it's still embarrassing to read it because it is so vulnerable. And I think especially, you know, men, as men were not encouraged to be, Vulnerable. I remember having my broken my heart broken once just in a small way about some lady I'd been dating for like a week. It wasn't a big deal. But one of my best friends who was a girl at the time, Sarah, um, her last name will go. unmentioned, mentioned uh, said, stop acting like a girl, like toughen up. No. And I always remember that moment. You're like, wow, you know, we 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 no. get all broken, too. You know, yeah. it's OK. It's yeah. So and that kind of connects yeah, with all those macho politics we we're talking about. The true patriotism or nationalism or love, any of it, is going to be open and deeply feeling and caring and not just macho. right?
0: That's no, so true. And I'm, I'm living that right now with uh, I mean, I I'm semi on maternity leave, but Dennis is definitely on paternity leave. <laughs> and that's been kind of what what's blossomed in our relationship. And uh, people kept asking me like, oh, you you're going back to work so quickly. No one's asking him you know right. if he's going back to work. it's just uh, right. that's kind of the natural order of things. and I think what yeah. uh, there's nothing that warms my heart more than this sensitive side in him that's just the great dad, you know, yeah. without having to be out there all macho accomplishing stuff, you know it's yeah. it's okay to to you have to have the two sides for things to to flow
1: yeah and I'm sure you guys are posting about that, but that's such a good example. I mean, Dennis, having someone caring and grounded and kind as a father is something so many of us long for, you know, and, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's not without its its challenges, though. I mean, of course. I think having a Having a, having a baby, if anything, kind of brings everything to this edge of, it. we've definitely had relationship stuff pop up since the baby arrived. Things that we haven't looked at, things that have been kind of working yeah. in corners yeah. because uh, there's no space to do the, you know, watching friends on Netflix and kind of right. drone zone out at the end of the day. Like We're very much present. You're on with, duty.
1: We're yeah. on duty,
0: yeah, yeah. We're living life.
1: <laughs> but the cool thing that you can kind of forget when you're in the middle of it is, as we've seen with other friends who have had children, You know you grow up and you become such a better person and a kinder and more thoughtful person so fast and you're already both of you doing super well so it's going to be so exciting to see you know your baby is your teacher on some level and how you guys are gonna change over the next i mean now it's amazing
0: yeah, she teaches. Uh, she's the best meditation teacher, the best <laughs> best right. teacher I've ever. Right. She's literally, if I'm feeding her, if I, you know, because I feed her a lot, if I pick up my phone, she stops and she turns and she looks wow. me in the wow. eye. And she's wow. like, hey, you know, there's no <laughs> there's no going anywhere else with, with this girl, which is amazing. Uh-huh. So what's what's in the future for Elephant Journal and for you?
1: Well, Elephant is finally at this place where I'm working like 40 or 50 hours a week, which feels like a vacation, frankly. Um, and, you know, it we're paying everyone well and health care and uh, for the employees and a uh, nice office. It feels weird. Like I grew up very poor and I was kind of like my debit card was getting rejected up until the age of like 37. So I just wake up every morning feeling like honestly like a newborn child. I'm just so happy every day right now um, to wake up in a house that isn't in foreclosure and everything's great. Um, uh, I don't really know what's ahead. We're, we are changing into social media um, driven journalism instead of just journalism at the mercy of social media. So it's very exciting. I mean, my goal is nothing less than to make elephant the next Pinterest or something to make it as big as a small social media. Uh, so it can really be a force in the world. Uh, the largest, um, media is still at the mercy, like I said, of Facebook or, or whatever will come in the future. So we really want to plant our, like, kind of like that excerpt from the book. We want to plant our feet on the ground and have our own stability instead of being dependent on others. And I think you've done a great job of that in terms of being a social media person. You've diversified in all these different accounts and different platforms and you've created, you know, this podcast is a fantastic example of it. Um, You're making yourself and your life and your message accessible in very many different ways. So I think we'll continue to do that. Um, I very much look forward to uh, turning Elephant into a you know, $15 billion company and uh, running for governor and then president. I'll definitely lose uh, in my run for president because I don't think people, (laughs) I think being being a vegan Buddhist right there will lose me most of the vote, but, but I still want to run and um, I want to have a ton of children and, and hopefully I'll find some incredibly independent, empowered, kick-ass, funny, beautiful uh, inside and out, human being who will uh be able to tolerate me and even uh enjoy me long term so mm. we'll, we'll see yeah
0: and hopefully come visit us in aruba so Lea Luna can meet her uncle way
1: yes please yeah i'm out of excuses i actually have time to travel now i i've never really traveled my whole life much uh you getting me to go to your wedding changed my whole life because i went to israel and then sweden and then Italy, and that was literally my first time in any of those places or that was entire areas. Amazing!
0: You were one yeah. of those invites that I was like, okay, like Waylon doesn't leave the states. He doesn't leave Boulder for anything.
1: No. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. No,
1: and even if yeah, we don't know each other that well, you're a genuine friend, and that you kept hitting me up to to actually go. And finally, I was like, I can't shake this this off. You know, <laughs> I guess I'll okay, maybe I should go. You know, oh. get out of my my comfort zone and and. uh it was wonderful. And for anyone who's curious, we put up a couple of videos of Ritual and Dennis during the video, during the wedding. And uh, they're kind of, it's a beautiful edited by your friends. Remember? Oh, of course. Um, of
0: course. You, you interviewed Dennis right before we, right before we yeah. walked down the aisle and he cried and it's, I could yeah. cry now just thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. If anybody wants to watch that, you can go to elephantjournal.com and probably search yoga girl. Think
1: it's yeah. And if you're planning a wedding, it's a wonderful thing to see because it's, it's, Such an epic event, but at the same time, it was so personal and so familial and intimate and weird and great. You know, it was Mm -hmm. so genuine. And um, and if you're intimidated planning a wedding, definitely don't watch it because you'll (laughs) it'll it'll it's so amazing. Yeah.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Wayland. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks for thanks for hosting me and uh congrats on your podcast and your baby not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you. I'll see you in the in the soon. A huge thanks to my guest Waylon Lewis for joining me on the show from afar. If you enjoyed this episode make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com on Apple Podcasts, Google Play or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Huge thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work and of course thank you to my sponsors Parachute, Sunbasket, Honesty and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.